Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 104. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, a program that brings the Bible to public school students during their school day. If you don't already know about us, you'll want to head over to our website, bible2school.com, and read a bit about who we are and how God has been spreading his word through second, third, and fourth graders. Well, here at the podcast, we're super excited to be celebrating over 100 episodes and 10,000 downloads. We would love it if you could help us increase the spread of this ministry by rating and reviewing us and then sharing with a friend. Today is a great day to do this because of our guest, Jeannie Cunyon, who's here for a second time on the podcast to talk about the Holy Spirit and the words that she speaks will be such medicine to your souls. Have you ever felt that the supernatural, you know, Holy Spirit stuff, was either for the super strange or the super spiritual? Do you know the Holy Spirit as the greatest gift that Jesus left us after his ascension? Or has he been left out of the conversation for the most part? Either way, you are not alone, and Jeannie is going to help us unpack why it's crucial to understand the person of the Holy Spirit by sharing her heart and insights from her book, Never Alone, Parenting in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Together, we'll learn what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and how this will transform our lives, our parenting, and how we impact children in our circle of influence. Are you ready to hear how you can experience God's supernatural activity at work in your life every day? Join my conversation with Jeannie now. Hi, Jeannie. I am so glad to have you here with us today to talk about the Holy Spirit. Thank you for having me. You have written several books, but the one I most recently completed is called Never Alone, Parenting Mm -hmm. in the Power of the Holy Spirit. And the entire time I'm going through this series, I'm thinking I have got to invite Jeannie back here on the podcast for our listeners to soak in all these truths. So thank you so much for being here today um, and accepting this invitation. We're super, no, super my grateful. Pleasure. My pleasure. So at our podcast, the You Can Tell the Children podcast, our goal is to equip everyone with practical ways to tell kids about Jesus and mm. how to live their lives in the fullness of his joy. That's awesome. So today we're going to dig into this together, but our focus is going to be on the importance of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. So before we dig in, Jeannie, would you first tell us a little bit about your family? I'd love to. My husband, Mike, and I, we live in Connecticut, and we are raising five boys who range from first grade to college. So we have a seven-year-old, and we have a 13-year-old, and we have a 16-year-old. And then our son, Cal, who's 18, just graduated and is headed off to Auburn in the fall, War Eagle. And then we have a son named Andre, who joined our family from Haiti. And he is at Lipscomb in Nashville studying uh, to receive a theology degree. And so um, we really are in every season of parenting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I guess out of the toddler years, but learning every day still how to plant seeds of faith in my boys' lives, whether they're on their own, pursuing their own futures, whether they're in first grade and just still learning 
the love of Jesus and how that transforms their lives. And so I guess we just never stop learning how to be seed planters, right? In our kids' Mm -hmm. lives. And then really the ultimate lesson is how then to trust the Holy Spirit to do what he knows how to do, really, really surrendering and letting go of the outcome of our effort and believing that God really does love our children more than we do. And he really is in pursuit of their hearts, even on days where we go, doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't oh, yeah. Look like it. I don't see fruit and I don't know what you're doing. And just really learning to trust his faithfulness as we do our work to plant those seeds and, and help them see in us that life with Jesus really is better than anything mm. else this world offers. Amen. Amen. So the reason I actually personally chose to start your study this past spring was 100% because of the title, Never Alone. Mm. I mean, it caught my attention because I often believe the lie that no one understands my, my struggle, what I'm going through, that I'm actually all alone. Unfortunately, that then rolls into my parenting. Um, So when I saw your study, I just immediately felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit saying, add to cart, add to cart, Mare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you did. I I am too. So can you tell us just a little bit of what transpired in your life to have you even decide to write this study? Yeah, I, um, there's a line in a song by Christy Knuckles that says, in a strength that's not my own. How do I live in a strength that's not my own? And that really is what parenting and the power of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's a strength that's not our own, but it's a strength that is freely given to us and manifested in us by God himself. And that is miraculous and amazing. And yet we so often forfeit the benefit of that. It's just the human nature to attack, to get up in the morning, put our feet on the ground, maybe invite God into the moment. Um, but yeah. really often running, or maybe I'll just speak for myself. That's how I'm prone to live. And so years ago, I wrote a book called Mom Set Free. And it was about knowing our freedom in Christ as moms, right? To really release the pressure of playing God's role in their lives. All this pressure that we carry as parents to mm-hmm. produce fruit in their lives, to produce salvation, to control their futures, to protect them from hardship and suffering. All of these things that we think we must do. And, and the Lord set me so free from all of that, that I wrote about that freedom to trust mm. him and mom set free. And then when that was done, the Lord got busy with me, helping me realize that to live in that freedom, I was going to need his spirit, mm. that, that Jesus sets us free, but the Holy Spirit keeps us free. And I needed to know that because soon after I wrote that Bible study, I went you know, right back to putting some of that pressure on myself again. Yeah, And so it is the spirit who applies the freedom that Christ purchased. Mm. And so we can know that freight. We have to know that freedom. So the understanding the freedom is essential, but then we even try to live in that freedom in our own strength. And we neglect the role of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity and in our lives to apply that freedom and to empower us to be models that our kids want to emulate but we're never going to be able to do that in our own strength. Mm-hmm. And so we need the spirit to help us apply that freedom, to live out that freedom and to know his power for us so that we're not, because this is what happens. And it, it's so applicable to parenting, because as we always say, you know, you have to know the love of Christ to parent in the love of Christ. You have yeah. to receive the grace of God in order to parent in the grace of God. And you have to know the spirit's power in order to parent in his power. And so what happens is as moms, we're trying to live the Christian life 
without the power of Christ. Yeah. And we're modeling that for our kids. And so what we need to do is we need to know the power of Christ, which is the person of the Holy Spirit, so that our kids see in us a strength and a hope and a joy and a love that is the fruit of the spirit in our life. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what propelled me to write the study. I was scared to death. I told God uh, multiple times that he had the wrong girl because it just felt <laughs> too big and too theological in the sense of only pastors with lots of MDiv letters after their names should be writing something so theological, all complete lies of the enemy. And I also like having friends and this is a topic <laughs> that freaks people out. So, so, right? so hold on, hold on. What do you mean by that? Like, I understand like crazy Holy Spirit filled people, but to our listeners, why do you think talking about the Holy Spirit would be seen, seen as crazy? I mean, you just said we can't actually walk in yeah. all these things, the love of Jesus without the Holy Spirit's help. So why is it so crazy? Do you think? Uh, you know, he's, his reputation has sadly been maligned in a lot of ways. There is so many misconceptions and myths and misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit. There is this belief among Christians that the Holy Spirit is either for the super strange or the super spiritual. Mm. And so you either have to be doing strange things in his name, or you have to be super spiritual. You have to be a, a pastor or a leader or a teacher of the word with years of training, right? That this is some, mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit is somebody that you get access to much further down in your Christian walk mm -hmm. once you've developed a very deep relationship with God, which is completely false. And it's a lie of the devil because the truth is the moment you put your trust in Jesus, God puts his spirit in you. And mm -hmm. so our salvation narrative is missing that essential piece. We talk yeah. about the eternal life that we are freely given by grace when we put our hope on Jesus, mm -hmm. but we don't talk about this other really beautiful thing that happens in that moment, that at yeah. that moment, God also puts his spirit, his resurrection power in us. And we are intended to walk in it to live by it. And that is just as true for us as it is for our children. Yeah. And our children don't know that when they put their trust in Jesus for my seven-year-old, I make sure he knows, buddy, when you put your trust in Jesus, let me tell you about this precious, priceless thing he put in you, his yeah. spirit. Yeah. And now you get to live in the power of God. And a lot of our kids, a lot of us don't know that. And it's just because we haven't been taught that or because we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. So we might know he lives in us, mm -hmm. but we do that thing that I used to do. And I talk about it in my book where I put one hand up saying, come on in, you know, you're welcome. Yeah. And then I put the other hand up going, okay, not too close. I don't yeah. know what you're going to do. Are you gonna make me weird? Are you going <laughs> to change me in ways I don't want to be changed? Or are you going to ask things of me that I'm not ready to give? Yeah. And yeah. so I'll take salvation. I'll take Jesus. I've got Jesus. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Right. And right. you need the Holy Spirit because he is the power of Christ. Yeah. Well, and the strange thing is, you know, for me in my personal walk, the Lord just put it on my heart. Understand why I said, why Jesus said in John that the Holy Spirit is the greater gift. You mm -hmm. need to understand that because the truth was I didn't get it. I was like, I would give anything to live during Jesus day and have him walking beside me as a rabbi and teaching me. And how amazing was that? But this verse here is telling me that the Holy Spirit is the greater gift. How can that be? Yeah. You know, and I can't be the only one. I mean, I'm not no. alone in that, right? <laughs> yeah. And even the disciples were like, what? Yeah. No, Jesus, we want you. We don't want your spirit. We yeah. want you. They didn't understand either when he said, it is to your advantage that I return to the Father so that my spirit will come, right? Yeah. Other translations read, it is for your good. It is for your benefit that I leave. 
yeah. so that my spirit will come. And they're like, no, we yeah. want you. And he's saying, well, you will have me because the Holy Spirit is me. Yeah. It's me in you instead of me just beside you. So now you're no longer dependent on my physical presence, but now you will have me, my spirit living in you, giving you every single thing you need to spread the gospel with courage and boldness and clarity and conviction. So it is better that I leave, but I'm not gone for good. I'm going to send my spirit and he's going to live in you and he's going to give you everything you need. Yeah. He's going to be your helper. And a lot of Christians are doing the Christian life, not knowing the help that we have been given the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, our standby, our strengthener, our champion. We have the helper in us. So that we are, like you said, never alone in our parenting, but we forfeit the help he wants to give us. Well, and it's so unfortunate, Jeannie, because we don't know what we don't know. And like you said earlier, in a strength, that's not my own. Mm -hmm. So like, I know for me, I was parenting and I was like, I should be more patient. Lord, help me be more patient. And then in my own strength, trying, I'm going to talk quiet. I'm going to be nice, you know, like faking it. Right. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know that I could couldn't try harder to be patient. I couldn't try harder to be gentle. This is the work of Christ in me with the help of the Holy Spirit to produce that fruit. And I just didn't I didn't get that. Yeah. No, that's right. And it's hard to know the difference. And what what do you mean? How do I try harder versus like surrender? Right. And I have a friend who um, actually wrote it on my wall. Increase my capacity for God is one of her prayers. Increase my Mm. capacity for your spirit. And I think that's beautiful. A simple prayer as moms, like increase my capacity, like enlargen your character in me, you know, produce your fruit from me. And it really is purely by a yielded, surrendered heart to God. It's a posture of our heart that's going to produce that gentleness and that patience. It's a humility. It's a, it's a, an ability to say to our kids, I know why you struggle. I know why it's hard for you. Sometimes you lose your self-control or you get mad or, or you're dishonest. I get that. I need Jesus too. I'm a sinner too. I'm tempted too. And when we have a posture, like you're talking about that, this is not about me trying harder. This is about me yielding to the work of the spirit in me, allowing God to become greater in me, that this is the stuff that will that can't not manifest in my life when I am yielded to the spirit and really abiding in the love of the father. Yeah. So I'm so glad you just said abiding because this whole time when you're speaking, I think of the verse that says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Mm -hmm. And that's a promise. So, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but think of those moms who have the infant who's getting no sleep, who has the toddler also running around. And I remember those days before I discovered my helper, the Holy Spirit. And I remember thinking, but God, I don't have time to abide in you. Like, I can't read your word like I want to. And I don't know how to do this. And And I can remember the days of having three kids under the age of five. And visually, I remember sitting at the top of my steps I just got done yelling at all my kids because then they would be quiet at least yep. for three seconds Yeah, and crying out to God, like, give me creative answers. I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. just feeling so frustrated. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you have any advice for that mom who's in that season because I wasn't doing well then. And yeah. so I don't know how to go back there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I would say me too. I have I mean, I I completely resonate with the story you just shared on multiple occasions. And I think it's important for moms to understand that they're not the only ones who are struggling, that we're not going to celebrate our sin or our weakness, but we are going to acknowledge that this is part of motherhood. 
I be- truly believe that God designed motherhood to deepen our dependence on him. Mm. So that moment is a, is a, let it be a trigger to remind you, oh, this right here, this, this weakness, this struggle, this lack of patience, this exhaustion, this is God wooing me to himself. This is God reminding me that he designed me to do this mm. with him. And then I would say that there's a lot of pressure that your quiet time, your time with God looks like this or looks like that, or is it a certain time? And and then all the shame comes. And then we find ourselves distancing ourselves from God instead of running to God, because the shame is so great that we're not investing the time that we know we need to. And, And so I would encourage that mom. It's funny. I was just, I'm writing a new devotional. And this morning I was writing on adoration and how adoration increases intimacy with God. Just, you know, that deep personal connection, just adoring him and that we were designed to worship him. We're worshipers. God designed us as worshipers and we're going to worship something. Mm -hmm. And our satisfaction is made complete as we worship him Mm -hmm. and you can worship him while you feed your kids. You can worship him while you cry on the steps. You can worship him while you drive your car. You can worship him while you do the dishes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a person who loves music and I feel so deeply connected to God when I have worship music on in my house and it's on basically all day long. It's just, it invites me into constant communication with him, even though it's not like a, Hey God, it's, there's just, there's a declaration of his goodness and his sovereignty, no matter what the song is, you won't fail me now. Right. Or you reign above it all. (laughs) There's a line in that song, you know, you, you reign above the universe and I change the words. I say, you reign above this household. Yeah. And so I would just, maybe, maybe that one little thing could help a mom listening today, but you can worship in your weariness. You can worship in your weakness. And sometimes worship is warfare and it's declaring what you know to be true, even though your heart and your mind are fighting you on that. Amen. When you feel abandoned, when you feel like God's picked the wrong mom, when you feel like you're doing it all wrong and ruining your kids, then then choose worship as warfare against the lies of the devil and the defeat that he's throwing at you and and declare God's faithfulness and goodness. And that's just one little thing that weary moms can do is just adore him, adore him and take the pressure off for it to look like this or that. I'm not saying neglect the word. We need the word. And yeah. The word is how we fill up on the spirit. So if the question is, well, then how do I become more empowered by Christ? How am I a spirit empowered mom? It's through the word. It's the fullness of the word. You open scripture. If you want to see God's activity and the spirit's activity in your life, you have to open the word. Yes. So it has to become, here we go. We're talking about Bibles now. (laughs) So we do need the power of the word. And what I love about worship songs is a lot of them, especially hymns are the word. We can sing the word but we do have to make it a priority and that's not a guilt trip. And I'm not going to tell you when to do it or where to do it or for how long to do it. Yeah. But if you want to know the spirit's power, you cannot know it without the power of the word. I think my favorite absolute verse about the Holy Spirit is when he talks about how the Holy Spirit will draw to remembrance Yes, what he's taught us. That's and that's right. Jesus speaking again. That's and right. I, I just love that. And it happens so often when I'm in my quiet time or I'm praying for something and a verse will just come. And that doesn't come from not reading. It that's comes right. from reading. And he reminds us, like you can't that's be right. reminded of something you weren't taught, right? That's right. We have to give him material to work with. Yeah. You so, know? But, but yeah. Absolutely. But the encouraging thing to those moms listening, let me tell you, 
audio Bible. Praise God for that. It wasn't Mm -hmm. there when I had young ones, but you can put it on in the background while you're cleaning. That's right. Your kids don't mind listening in the car, probably. You know, like there's so many creative avenues anymore, anymore to get that in. It doesn't have to be a physical opening of the Bible and highlighting, though that is fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's many ways to get the word of God, just like you said, even with worship in your yeah. heart. Yeah. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. What is the Trinity? The Trinity, while not specifically called that in scripture, is God in three persons. All are completely God and in total agreement and unity with each other in nature and in essence while having the separate personalities of God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. To say it another way, the three persons of the Trinity are unique and distinct, yet one God because there's only one God. Our limited vocabulary might make this a difficult concept to understand. So it's a good idea to ask God for wisdom when it comes to understanding the Trinity. So Jeannie, when you really dug into this Holy Spirit dependence, as you were feeling compelled to write your next study, did you notice any changes along the way that would confirm the need for you to put on your full armor? Like Ephesians 6 says, you had, you had mentioned earlier about our, our warfare, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to tell a long story and make it really short, but the <laughs> Lord just brought to mind a dream I'd had not long ago that didn't make a lot of sense to me, but there were like flaming darts coming toward us. And, and the, the one part of the dream that was really distinct to me is that the arrows had, you know, they were like fire at the end. And I do think it was in a season of parenting where I definitely felt like just attacked, just like, you know, one kid struggling with this thing, this kid struggling with this thing, me struggling with my own thing. And just, it's feeling like a season where like, man, we need the armor of God today. Like we need the armor of God every day. But the, but the beautiful thing about the word of God and the way he uses it in our lives and why we don't have time not to open it is I had a conversation with the Lord when I woke up, like, what was that about? I think, you know, that story came to mind. And then I kind of went on with my day and I was doing the Bible in a year last year. Would you believe that the passage that I was to read that day was the armor of God? And, um, and I was about four days behind and the Lord gave me a dream because he knew that I would be reading that passage. And he was like, I need you to know this. Like you're going to read that armor of God passage today and you're going to read it like you always have. And it's going to encourage you. But he was like, daughter, I need you to really pay attention to this passage today. I need you to believe that I am your shield. And in my dream, when the arrows were coming at us, there was a shield in front of me that covered me from above my head to the bottom of my feet, meaning like it wasn't getting above us. It wasn't getting below us that those darts, the fiery darts of the enemy. And I had never noticed in the passage before where it actually talks about how it's the fiery arrows, the tips of fire. I had never just really paid attention to that part. And so it was just such a gracious gift from the Lord to give me this dream, which I don't usually have that was affirmed in the reading I was supposed to read that day, that the armor of God is real and Mm. essential in our lives, that it's not some cute imagery, but that we do need the armor of God covering us. And we have the armor of God. Are we suiting up in the armor of God Mm -hmm. to fight? You know, yes, the Lord fights for us, right? You only need to be still. We know that passage, right? That we only need to be still. The Lord will fight for you. And yes, the Lord fights for us. He goes before us in our battles. He already has one on our behalf, but the devil doesn't quit. He's no quitter. And so we do have to engage in 
suiting up the armor of God so that when those attacks come, we, we fight in victory because we are covered in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, you know, those are, I think those are just things that, you know, which is not exactly what you asked me, but I know your question was more along the lines of, you know, did things change? And I would say that one of the, one of the significant things for me was just, I, I had a deeper sense of the Lord's conviction, the spirit convicting me. I was more aware of yeah. his convicting work. Conviction is a word that not everybody loves because it's been misunderstood, but conviction is an act of love. He loves us. So he yeah. convicts us like we love our kids. And so when we see them stepping outside of God's best for them, there, we, there's a correction that happens to get them back on course. Yeah, And that's the spirit's work to convict us, to correct yeah. course for us. And so I just became more aware of his conviction. I just am more aware of his voice. Do this, don't do that you know, here's a verse to share with your son. Here's a, here's a thought to encourage your discouraged heart. Yeah. Greater intimacy and communication with God has definitely been one of my favorite joys out of knowing who the Holy Spirit is in a new way. Yeah. I just love how you talked about conviction. You were talking about Ephesians 6 and you were saying, you know, all of these things put on the full armor. Um, but right at the end, I believe it's at the end of describing the piece of uh, pieces of armor, it says, and pray in all occasions, mm. spirit. Yes. And that was one of the things the Lord convicted me of. I started reading this book called Prayer on Fire. It's by Fred Hartley. I don't know if you've heard of it. I haven't. Sounds but, good though. Oh man. I mean, it, it just, it was a hard read. It wasn't easy because, I mean, he's talking about God's rotisserie. He calls it <laughs> that conviction we speak of. He says yeah. God's rotisserie, and he he uses it to describe that process that the Holy Spirit uses to bring hidden sin to the surface, uh -huh. and then lead us to repentance. Yeah, and and he's like, you know, it, he just puts us on a skewer until we're done with sin. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love that picture. I like that. But in that moment, and he said, you know, I I often come to praying for myself and my friends and my family to make us into a rotisserie chicken, Lord, you know, like mm. you were saying that yielding, that surrendering, you know? And so I prayed that. And Jeannie, my oldest son came home that day from school and he looks at me and he goes, nobody knows I'm reading this book, by the way. Yeah. And he looks at me and he says, mom, what's rotisserie chicken? What? I'm not, I what? kid you not. I promise. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I said, what do you mean? He said, I was in class and it just popped into my head. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> That's crazy. But Jeannie, what he had asked for a few weeks prior, as I was working through the earlier part of this book, God's timing is amazing, is he said, I just want to hear the audible voice of God. Why can't I? Why can't mm -hmm. I hear that? And I said, well, you can ask him. And so, so after I share this story with him, he says, well, I'd call that pretty close to an audible voice, wouldn't you say? That's incredible, right? Because <laughs> so God speaks through, yeah. I mean, that, God, that's God speaking. Yeah. So if you're going to call these things crazy... I yeah. guess I'll take that, right? Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's there's well, they're you, you know what they are, they're supernatural. And the entirety of the Christian life is supernatural. So when Christians get freaked out about the supernatural, the reality is everything about your life in Christ is supernatural. You know, God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's supernatural, yeah. right? Jesus rose yeah. from the dead. That's supernatural. Like it is a beautiful, it's not super strange, it's supernatural. And it is miraculous that we get to participate in life with him, in relationship with him, and that we get to tell our kids about that beauty and that 
transforming power that they too have access to through life in Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Jeannie, we are running out of time, but do you have any other advice or encouragement for our listeners today? Well, I guess Galatians 5 just came into my mind. So we should talk about that, which is Paul teaching about letting the Holy Spirit guide your life. Mm -hmm. I think we can really overcomplicate the Holy Spirit uh, because it's so deep and so wide, right? The the Trinity is, is, thank God, it's beyond our comprehension in a lot of ways. But there are things that God has very much made known to us too. Galatians 5, Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Hmm. Don't overcomplicate this. Like let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then he goes on to say, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Hmm. And these two are always at battle. So you're not, you're not alone, mom, in that battle that you feel all the time, your flesh fighting the spirit. You want, you want to yell. You feel like you have the right to yell. They deserve to be yelled at. And then you've got the spirit right? That anger does not produce a harvest of righteousness, to be slow to speak, to be quick to listen. And so you've got these things, these truths, a lie and a truth battling each other all the time. It's part of life on this side of heaven. And Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life, and then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. And so we as moms desire deeply to do well by our children. We want to love them with the love of Christ. We want to have as few regrets as possible. We want to be nurturing and gentle and patient. And that happens when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Amen. Thank you for that. That's encouragement to my heart. Jeannie, would you just close our time together in prayer? I will. Uh, Jesus, we, um, we love you. And we know that we love you because you loved us first. And we're so grateful for your grace, for your mercy, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us, for redeeming us, for reuniting us with our heavenly father. We thank you for your spirit who lives in us, who gives us the grace, not only the rescuing grace, but the transforming grace, the empowering grace to raise these kids that you have entrusted to us. Help us to trust you with them. Help us to continually give them back to you in faith, knowing that you have good plans for them and you will be faithful to see those plans through. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would strengthen each mom listening, strengthen her weary bones, strengthen her weary heart. Just uh, fill her with your spirit afresh that she would know your presence and in your presence is fullness of joy and that we would just know your love and that we would be vessels of that joy and that love in our homes uh, and with our kids and with our spouses. And so Jesus, we love you. We thank you that we don't do this alone. And we ask that you would be made much of through our parenting, that you would receive all of the glory um, and that you would receive all of the praise. And we ask all these things in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Jesus sets us free, but the Holy Spirit keeps us free. Do you feel this freedom? Have you experienced this Holy Spirit empowerment that Jeannie speaks of? If so, I'm rejoicing with you. But if not, I hope you heard the encouragement, laced throughout this whole interview, that it's okay to be weak because that very weakness is what God uses to draw us into a deeper dependence on Him. In order to parent in the power of the Holy Spirit, we first have to know Him for ourselves. Would you just take a second and pray the prayer that Jeannie mentioned at the beginning of this conversation with me? Lord, would you increase my capacity for your Holy Spirit? I am praying this very thing for myself and for you this week. If you loved this episode and want to learn more about living empowered by the Holy Spirit, check out our show notes at Bible2School.com. That's Bible2School.com to find the resources from today's conversation. You'll find the books Jeannie has written linked there. While you're on our website, go ahead and click on the resources tab. 
you'll find our blog here, which has some great articles for you as you get your kids ready for this upcoming school year. Well, I'm looking forward to being with you again next week, same time, same place. And until then, remember, you are not alone in this parenting journey. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can tell the children about Jesus.